What up, Long Beach? Welcome back to the one and only Long Beach State Athletics podcast that features the one and only athletics director, Andy Fee. It is the LB Fee Show, and as always, it is hosted by the562.org, which is myself, JJ Fiddler, and to my right. Mike Gardabasio, uh, this show could not be done without your support at the562.org. Please go and click subscribe to support this and everything else we're doing to cover the great Long Beach State University. Uh, and with that being said, Andy, welcome to your show. Gentlemen, how are we doing? We're doing good. We're doing good. We're coming off of an interesting night at JoJo's. We are recording this uh, late last week. You're probably listening to this on Tuesday as we get ready for another big week of Long Beach State Athletics. But on Wednesday night at JoJo's, you had your first town hall with some of the uh, local athletics boosters who wanted to uh, express their opinions on a few different topics. How did it go or how do you feel like it went? I think it went great. You know, as you said, this is uh, the first or was the first of three town halls we're doing here over the next month and a half. Uh, This was the initial one, so I was, I guess, the featured speaker and uh, took a lot of Q&A and a lot of subjects came up. We talked about the mascot. We talked about basketball. Yeah, the mascot. Did the mascot come up? I was shocked (laughs) that 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 came up, but uh, it did. Uh, We talked about basketball scheduling. We talked about the Big West Conference tournament, basketball tournament. Uh, we talked about the state of the department in general, adding sports, Title IX. I mean, we covered uh, more subjects than I can even remember. I'm sure I'm missing a few, but but it's going to be a lot of fun. The next two, we'll have uh, coaches. You know, we'll get Coach Munson, Coach Kamen out there, and, and a few other coaches along the way. I'm sure you're uh, more excited to showcase your coaches than just doing the Q&A yourself. But, um, you know, obviously the, the mascot thing is something everyone's been talking about a lot. I wasn't able to make it to JoJo, so I was hearing about it from JJ, and, and you were telling us a little bit about it. What have you heard from people, and are there any updates on – you know, one thing we've heard from a lot of people is – People would just seem a little bit confused by, I guess, it seems like the university is sort of in between things right now a little bit. Do you feel like that's true, or what can you tell people about where things currently stand? Well, we have multiple identities, and we've talked about this numerous times, and I think that's why the subject comes up. Uh, there's Cal State University Long Beach. There's Long Beach State University. Uh, we've got the, the beach, the 49ers. Uh, what I can tell you is that our mascot, Prospector Pete, is being retired. And uh, recently, the CSU system through the chancellor's office um, has requested that uh, the 23, I think we're 23 still, uh, CSUs uh, move away from human mascots. Um, so we, we are going to do that. Having said that, uh, the 49ers is, is still here. Uh, you know, we were obviously founded in 1949, uh, but the, the human likeness known as Prospector Pete is being retired. Okay, so, and I, because I feel like that's a distinction that I've seen people not necessarily be clear on. So, in other words, if you see people chaining 40 to go, go Niners at a volleyball match, there will not be people from the university running up to shush No, them. no, no. There's, <laughs> you know, I, I said to somebody last night, I think I got a question, I said, uh, athletics, we are Long Beach State University. Right. Uh, you know, can I can I say 49ers? Yes, you can scream 49ers <laughs> if you'd like. Uh, you know, obviously we, we have moved and, and used the beach prominently in what we do, but uh, we're, we're not going to chastise anybody for saying go 49ers. Well, two things kind of caught me uh, last night listening to some of the questions. You can check out my column on this situation at the562.org right now. I feel like what's being lost in this is that the people who are really upset with Prospector Pete or just the idea of a prospector representing the university, 
they're really just mad at California history. Because if you look at the flag, if you look at the California seal, if you look at the seal of this university, there is representation of prospecting and mining because it's part of the history of the state. So really this anger is at the history of California and Long Beach State 49ers is just what's right in front of their face. So they're angry at that, which I, under, which I understand, but it hadn't really occurred to me until some of the questions last night. And also, you said that there's more to come, and you also mentioned uh, an initiative, Beach 2023, I believe you said, where you guys are actually going to have – is it 20, 2030. 2030, Beach 2030, excuse me. You guys are going to actually have alumni, student, faculty, all in the same place, all at the same time, which – Mike, as Mike and I know, has never happened before, kind of talking about where the university is going. A true quo vadimus meeting. What's that going to entail? Yeah, so Beach 2030, as you just mentioned, uh, will be an ongoing initiative, uh, which is to essentially look at the larger university and imagine where we will be in 2030. You know, will I be on a hoverboard, you know, cruising around <laughs> campus with 3D glasses on? Who knows? Uh, but this is the dialogue that's beginning now. Uh, November 14th and 15th, uh, there will be uh, a, a celebration to kind of kick off this Imagine 2030. Uh, and on campus, uh, the students will be hosting events. We're actually going to be hosting a, um, I'll call it a virtual meeting room in our conference room that will participate online. So for the folks listening who might be spread out across the globe or across the country who can't be here in person, um, social media will be will be live and up so people can comment or, or give their vision of what they think uh, 2030 looks like. Uh, as far as the mascot goes, again, getting back to Prospector Pete, uh, there may or may not be a new mascot. I, d I don't know that for certain, but I think this initiative would uh, probably be a kickoff point to have that discussion. So for those folks listening, uh, there will be an inclusive effort to, to hear voices, for people to share their opinions um, and I think it's it'll be great to get us together. I say bring back Nugget. <laughs> the I'm original a, I'm a, I'm mascot, a, I'm right? I'm bring back Nugget train. Because if you think about it, shout out to Andy Kerr. I had this conversation with him last night at the uh, town hall. If, we, if we're playing Fullerton and we're the donkeys and they're the elephants, I like the side I'm on. Right, That's all right, I'm saying. Right? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Nugget, old Nugget, you know, the original, the mule. So, I, I, you know, I think that's an interesting point. You know, there's always change. And at one point it was Nugget and then was, you know, President Peterson. It changed to Prospector Pete. So, you know, change is the one constant in life. Well, and I, I'll, I'll say this too. JD and I were kind of laughing about this before he went to go to the town hall. Change is also the constant in the history of this university. I think JJ wrote about the CSUOB versus LBSU thing last year and listed what is it like eight different official names that yes. the college has had in the in the sixty eight years, sixty nine years that it's been around. So yeah, this is definitely an ongoing part of the history of the school. Uh, and with all that said, I'm sure we'll be talking about it more <laughs> yeah, because uh, we'll never be done talking about it. <laughs> that, that seems to be the case, but we will move on now kind of towards what we're looking at this week. And it, it's a theme that we're seeing a lot more at Long Beach State, and it's a theme we're seeing across the country with mid-majors scheduling up because that's the only way you're going to get your RPI where you need it to be. That's also a really good way of recruiting, letting athletes know that they're going to be able to play at the best places against the best each and every week. And you've got that this week, and you've got that in the preseason. We're going to have Gavin Arroyo on. His team has to do that each and every year, playing the Cows, the USC's, the UCLA's. Women's soccer obviously playing a nationally ranked schedule. Their losses coming to top 15 teams. 
So kind of just talk about that because women's soccer is starting the Big West. Women's volleyball just started the Big West. This is the season that they need to be successful in. Preseason doesn't matter if you're not successful in the Big West Conference. That's just the way that it is. But you also have to do that scheduling up. Is that a philosophy that's kind of across the whole university, and should it be? Yeah, so as you mentioned, obviously we want to win our conference tournaments. That's the automatic bid into the postseason. However, if, uh, if, if, if we do not win a conference tournament, we want to be in a position for an at-large berth. And to get the at-large berth is going to require playing a nationally ranked schedule. You want to put your, yourself in a position as best you can that you're, you're, you're not going, well, where am I here? If you play the right schedule, play the right teams, Mauricio and women's soccer, He's calculating preseason, although, you know, you can't count wins preseason. But, you know, you're forecasting. You're saying, okay, this team's going to finish in the top three in the Pac-12 or this, you know, team's going to be in the top three of the Big Ten. So you're calculating out, you know, where could I land here? So it's important to schedule up. The tough part is going on the road. And that's where I think mid-majors, especially ones that are successful like our teams, is getting those Power 5 schools to come play us here. Teams like Cal don't like coming down here and losing to us. So, you know, the difficulty is scheduling. It, it is. It's something I saw um, a couple of Division One basketball coaches tweeting about this uh, over the weekend. It does seem like something that's it's kind of a catch-22 because you're, you're telling the mid-majors you have to play Power 5 schools if you want your RPI to be good, like JJ said. If you want a shot in at-large or even if you just want – even if you win the Big West, if you want a good seating in whatever tournament you're going into – but then because of that, there's no real incentive for the Power 5 schools to come to a mid-major because they know, wow, if we go to Long Beach State and lose, which in women's soccer has happened to a lot of Power 5 schools over the last few years, obviously, that's going to hurt their RPI, right? So, I, I mean, how, does, how do you guys as a – how does the NCAA, how do the mid-majors, how do you guys find your way out of that? And just how hard is it? I mean, what do you have to do to get a Cal to come down here? So coaches are, are critical to this, and when they can establish relationships with Power 5 coaches, you know, Coach Munson or Mauricio or Gavin or, you know, many other coaches, you know, Coach Buckley, they're able to leverage some of those personal relationships to get teams to come out here because California is a recruiting hotbed, so, you know, Ole Miss wants to come play baseball here or right. Auburn or someone like that, so that's one way. The second way is less – uh, less positive for us, and that's where you, you, you'll schedule two for one. So twice to BYU and once here at home. And that's not ideal because you're trying to, uh, in my perspective, have a very balanced schedule. Um, the third avenue is paying guarantees. And Power 5 schools aren't going to come. They don't have money issues where they're going to come right. here. So You're not going to entice somebody down here with your budget versus their budget, for sure. So <laughs> it, becomes, it becomes a challenge. I think if you look back, and you know Mark Few up at Gonzaga talks a lot about it, and, and Coach Munson, when he was the one really kicking that program off in the late 90s, is going on the road. And they spent a lot of time playing many, many road games. And it's a catch-22. If you can win them, it's great. People get excited. But if you go on the road and you lose people kind of go, why are you on the road why a long trip it's it's tough you have a tough you have a tough road trip you go one and three against ranked teams you come home your fans haven't seen you in two weeks your record's gotten worse since you left you know i mean you're absolutely right it can turn into uh the bad the worst side of the catch 22 so what's next do you like the way the school is scheduling specifically like we we're saying soccer men's volleyball water polo or do you want to see maybe a little bit more aggressive or taper back a little bit where are you in that 
I think we're in a good place. Uh, you know, one, one area that, that's tough are the both basketballs. Uh, uh, you know, another idea, and we've kicked around this and we've talked about it, is we're in the exploratory phase, uh, specific to men's basketball, of trying to get a holiday tournament at Thanksgiving, the beginning of Thanksgiving week. Uh, and again, you know, Coach Munson and his relationships of getting teams to come out here uh, would, and our, and our goal is to get two really good home games. So we have to get creative. I like where our coaches are. Our coaches are very aggressive in their scheduling. Uh, I like scheduling up. I, I don't want to overschedule necessarily, but I want, I want challenge. I think our fans want to see a challenge out there. Um, you know, I'm going to be talking to, to Coach Munson about homecoming, specifically. I got that question last night about men's basketball and our opponent. We have Menlo College uh, this year. I would like us to get a Division One opponent. I, I, you know, I, I know it's early in the season. Coaches are working, but if we're going to have homecoming, I think you know, let's deliver something a little more special for the fans. And I think coaches are going to be on board. We've talked about it already, so you know, we're, we're transitioning that schedule. Well, uh, one enticement you do have here at the beach is uh, there are probably a lot of East Coast and Southern schools that would love to be in Southern California sometime between November and February. So maybe maybe that's part of the Thanksgiving enticement as well. For sure. Uh, okay, as we bring in our first guest, Andy, thanks for uh, thanks for being on. We'll bring you back on at the end of the show. As we bring on our guest, I'd like to remind Long Beach State fans about the 562.org and all the coverage we're providing of the university right now. That is our newsletter that comes to your email. We got highlight videos, previews of big games, recaps, a ton of photo galleries lately, uh, as well as live Twitter updates, and just writers who cover your university and are willing to talk to you and interact with you and ask questions and and uh, and respond to your questions. So if you want that to continue, you've got to go to the 562.org and click subscribe. September is our membership drive month. It's been going great so far, but we would love to have more of you involved at the 562.org. We're not going to bring on our special guest for the week in his 13th year at Long Beach State as water polo coach, a member of the USA men's national team coaching staff, still wiping the Berlin out of his eyes. Gavin Arroyo, <laughs> thank you so much for uh, for waking up early and joining us. Yeah, no, no, I, I've been up because we got back, uh, you know, late uh, Monday night, and uh, no, so I'm, I'm early to rise, early to bed. That's Actually. good. That's good. That's how, good. How is the flight? I feel like whenever I've traveled internationally, I feel like it takes me about two weeks, you know, <laughs> to, yeah. set, to settle back in. Do you have to click back in pretty quick since you guys are in season? Yeah, I mean, we got back, and then you know, we had to go down to San Diego last night. Um, the trip's not that bad, actually. If you're flying to Western Europe, it's kind of a quick when you start doing hops to this airport to that airport, it gets to be a grind. But now, are you a sleeper, a watcher, or a reader <laughs> on the plane? Um, I try to read. I okay. end up sleeping and watching. Okay, <laughs> got, got the uh, t yes. TV and the headrest. On the way there, more reading. On the way back, just get me home. We can feel that. So, yes. as a member of the coaching staff with the USA men's national team, something you've done before. What are your responsibilities day to day? Are you working with the individual players, or are you doing more planning for the head coach? Um, my role is more of just kind of helping out guys with their individual stuff. Um, you know, more fundamentals approach with warm ups and implementing techniques into um, you know tactics and trying to streamline what the what the head coach wants to to have effective tactics. Um, so that that that's really fun because it's always kind of an ever changing. Uh, a thing it's, it's a growing organism so um, if you're not if you're working on yesterday's techniques then you're then you're going to be behind uh, what the Euros are already doing so. and that's something you've done with this team before right and that's part of the reason why they named you a technical advisor just two weeks ago yeah no I mean I think that's kind of been my strength um, everyone's got their skill sets and I think my hope is that I'm able to 
to bring that uh, to the guys. And it, it's hard when, you know, guys are older and maybe a little bit set in their ways. Um, but my, I had my game completely broken down when I was 27. So, um, you know, it, it can happen. Um, you know, one question I had is there's such a – at Long Beach State, there's such an incredible Olympic history and such a great history in so many sports with the national team. We're sitting in the Euclea room, and I think Correct. right over my right shoulder is the wall with all of the Olympians. Correct. Just how much of an honor is that for you? I, I feel like water polo, um, you know, especially water polo, men's volleyball, the sports that are really thought of as Olympic sports, that national team is really the highest of the high, right? I mean, how much of an honor is that for you to get to be involved in that program? No, it's – you know, you you go on these trips, and it's it's a it takes you back to when you were playing, and then and then just in terms of coaching, it's it's cutting edge. It's like I said, everything's ever changing. They're trying to tinker with the rules a little bit, and you get to see what uh, you know the great coaches are doing, see what our coach is doing, um, and it's it's definitely cutting edge, step ahead type of mindset. That if if you're stuff's changing from last year, it's moving so fast right now. It's just ex exponentially growing in terms of change. So. You go from the college season to mm -hmm. this, and then you're mm -hmm. back to the college season. I mean, there's no break for you. Do, right. do you feel like you go from, like, 405 at gridlock to the Autobahn? <laughs> like, does it take you a second to kind of adjust to the speed and the power of the game? Then, I mean, yes and no. I mean, we, we have a pretty good – how can I say? Uh, we have a pretty good solid foundation, I think, um, you know, in terms of tactics. And we have a lot of seniors. And so if, if I had a really – young group that didn't have many seniors, I think it'd be harder. Um, but I almost feel, especially with my assistant coaches, that it's an autopilot on, on some levels, which obviously can be bad. Um, but they, uh, my assistant coaches are amazing, and my, my seniors are amazing. So it definitely helps that, uh, that process. So. Um, let's talk a little bit about just this. You mentioned how much water polo is changing, and I have questions about that. We just because JJ and I have been writers in town for ten years, you know, we mm -hmm. we we talk all the time with Bruce Bradley and you know a lot of the a lot of the like classic Long Beach water polo players. And Correct. people might not understand that there's like old cranky water polo heads. The way there's old heads in every sport, those yeah. guys always talk about, oh, the game's too much about exclusions now and stuff like that. How, what do you think about the current state of the game and? Uh, and how it's evolving from the way it was when those guys played and even from when you played? You know, um, I mean, athleticism just continues to, to grow. Um, and you see kids being able to do things that, that we couldn't do um, in terms of size, strength, the resources these kids have. Um, you know, we used to joke that, oh, we got water, like drinking fountains over there. And now it's like <laughs> these guys can't go 15 minutes to have a hydration break and a snack break, and it's like – so <laughs> it's definitely a little bit different. Um, you know, I don't want to sound like an old guy that, you know, uh, you know, you're the up, intermediary up, yeah. old guy. You're I'm not Bruce Bradley yet. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, th I think and you think about that, too, because you, you get access to both sides of it. And, and you, there's no point in in it's not about me anymore. Right. It's about the kids and it's about guiding them. You have to change and stay a step ahead so you can instruct them so they can adapt and be adaptable. Um, you know, uh, so that. That's kind of the in-between. And, and the, I think as you get older, it's really important that you give back. You know, you're giving back financially or show, to, show up to the games, um, hang out with the kids, you know, find those opportunities. And it's, it's much more or less about, well, was I the best ever? Was I the Roy Cobb or was I? Right, know, for sure. You know what? You, you always get faster than, than you were as you get older. You're always, you're always better than you were. You know, people <laughs> yeah. come to me, hey, weren't you this at high school? I'm like, oh, I was 
good, but not quite that good. The, you know, Brian's <laughs> a great editor for sure. Do, do you, you know? feel like Long Beach has that? Uh, JJ and I are going to the Aquatic Capital of America banquet the evening after we record this show. Do you feel like mm -hmm. Long Beach has a supportive community? We, I feel like every time we leave the house, I see a water polo Olympian at some point. Do they show up and support your guys' kids? Like, do you see those people around a lot? Yeah, you know, Tony uh, did the uh, Aquatic Games at Long Beach State. Uh, we were excited to, to bring that here. Um, you know, it, like you said, it's a small community, and it's it, it's almost you know you, you pass Olympian so much, it's almost like oh yeah, you're Olympian, you're Olympian. That's great. We you joke know? all the time. It's yeah. the only place you can be an Olympian and not get introduced. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, and, or they don't know, or they don't <laughs> right. know who you are. We we do clinics out in the Midwest or stuff like that, and you know, hey, two time Olympian, and these kids go crazy, and you're yeah. like. Well, you're yeah, like, well, so is all these guys. So is everyone else. So is everyone else. You're not? <laughs> well, listen, the real question is, if you got a snack break every 15 minutes, right. would you still be playing? That's that's the unanswerable question we've uh, got here. No, I'd be 30 pounds heavier. <laughs> uh, speaking of style and just kind of the style of this city, I don't think Mike and I have covered a, a water polo team or a successful water polo team in Long Beach that didn't have that defense first mm -hmm. star player who plays gutter to gutter, plays the whole pool, mm -hmm. and just out swimming the other team. It seems like it's from Wilson to Shore to you guys a couple yeah. years ago when you went to the MPSF final. Talk yeah. about that style and why you think it's it's kind of ingrained into Long Beach water polo. It's that defend Long Beach. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean you've seen the shirts, right? Yeah. Uh, the the AK. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I think just Long Beach in general has always had this, you know, we have the shirts made that says Long Beach versus everybody. I yeah. think definitely think it's a chip on the shoulder type of thing because I think a lot of people that made it in this town weren't given anything. Um, I don't want to say blue collar, but Long Beach is great because people are normal, meaning yeah, for sure. they're down to earth. You don't get the, the hoity-toity um, type of thing, even if they, they made it. And there's, the, it's not, it's a, they how can I say they're, they're they're down to earth? They've they've earned everything they got, and I think that creates kind of a chip on your shoulder. Like, hey, I didn't have this growing up. Yeah. And they and they put that on their kids, and and the kids respond, and the coaches are the same way. My guys were, you know, every time we play a Pac-12 or we play some of these teams that have training table, and they, you know, are having chefs make them food and things like that, and our guys are like, oh, this is a power bar, or this is, a, <laughs> this is which is awesome because we didn't have that, but right. we, we definitely we use that to our advantage. I mean. I know Alan, Mauricio, and we all kind of have the same. Hey, you know what? You need to you need to go after. It, you need to take it. So, well, let's stay here. Get back to the Ken Lindgren Aquatic Center. How's the team looking? Kind of compared to your expectations coming into the season. I mean, I think we're on a kind of a slower um, timetable as far as I had. <clears throat> I don't want to call it a distraction, but me not being here um, in Berlin, we got some guys eligible a little late. Um, we had one uh, European player who was playing Youth Worlds. He came in a little bit late. So trying to get those new guys, extremely talented young guys, integrated into a system of guys that have been doing, you know, similar things for amount of time. It, it takes some. We're not in sync yet, for sure, um, and we're trying to find our identity a little bit. So you got some big games coming up. Maybe some games at home people could check out. Yeah. Um, well, I guess UCLA's tomorrow, but this won't air till then. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Unfortunately. Um, no. Then we. Um, you know, we're kind of on the road for a while. Um, we got SC at home October 20th, I believe. Or is it? That's, uh, I feel like every time we go to that game, it's like there's people sitting on each other's shoulders and stuff trying to, you yeah. know, just catch a, catch a view of you. We need like a huge – when we get Andy back on the show, we'll talk to him about right, bringing talk to, some, talk to you know, some, yeah. some, more, some more seating at the Kenlin Aquatic <laughs> Center for the USC game. Yeah, because nobody's <laughs> asking for any money these days, right? <laughs> now, before I let you go, I got to ask – 
because my wife has been bugging me to go to Germany. It's okay. like the one place she really wants to go. Yeah. Should should I go? Is it's is Berlin phenomenal. worth the trip? Absolutely. <laughs> Has anyone ever answered that question? No. Like no. Yeah. <laughs> like, when, yeah. Like, when I asked about Cleveland. <laughs> well, no. It's funny is because we were staying in East Berlin, and you know the communist kind of gray uniform buildings. All they did was put like a little bit of yellow with that gray in the windowsills, and it's actually like chic now. So a mural on the wall with a little bit of color, and now we just skipped the whole trend, and now we're in uh, you know. House friendly. And now we're Perfect. talking real old school water polo. We get back to the communist block for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, we've done this with all the coaches we've brought on this year, and we do it with Andy each and every week. A recommendation for LB Nation out there, just something that you've done, not even recently, a book, a TV show, a movie uh, that you think uh, that you think people should check out to make their lives a little bit better. We've done pretty much mostly TV shows. We gotta mix it up. People are busy. We gotta mix it up. Oh, can I say two things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, there's a book called Tribe by Sebastian Younger, I think. Okay. Um, I sometimes am a tough sell on some of these self-help books because I feel that they're just kind of promoting the CEO of Hewlett Packard and blah, blah, blah. We're yeah, not yeah. the CEO of Hewlett Packard, but right. <laughs> this really gets down to like the core of our humanity and I, and I really enjoyed that. Um, and then also I watched on the plane, so I guess more of a watcher, the, the Bjorn McEnroe uh, movie. I don't know it's if you good. guys saw that. Nice. Have to see it. Awesome. Have to see it. it it's it talk. I mean, sport mentality and and challenges that uh, greats are going through. It's they're people too. So I, I so. believe I believe Gavin is the first person to recommend a book. Oh uh, yeah, I think yes. so. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Yes, the literary, <laughs> Nerd. The literary no. Gavin Arroyo. You know thank you so much for joining us on the show and uh, good luck the rest of the season. You mentioned that USC game. Uh, it is indeed Saturday, October twentieth. I know I've got that one circled on my calendar. For and sure. our alumni, Bruce Bradley, please come. Yeah, alum <laughs> alumni game also uh, on the twentieth. And before that, if you want to check them out, before that, October fifth at home against Pepperdine. Best of luck, Coach. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, you guys. Thanks. Bringing Andy back on, uh, Andy. Have you been to Berlin? I have been to Berlin. So what's your take? Love it. Love <laughs> Dang it. Dang it, man. I saw I, Every time you I two, ask people, I'm getting closer. Here, Listen to this one. This is why. I, I saw you 2 at the Berlin Olympic Stadium last summer, and uh, it was amazing. I think the city is amazing. Uh, I would definitely, if you have a chance to go to Berlin, uh, it's a great place to go. Boy, I really hope Vanessa doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> I think you're probably okay. <laughs> uh, before we get out of here, another great show of the LB Fee Show. Uh, we do this every other week, so make sure you subscribe so it just shows up there in your email box. We also do some other podcasts at the562.org, so check those out as well. But before we get out of here, we've done this each and every week, a recommendation for LB Nation. Just a little idea that can make somebody's life a little bit better. TV show, movie, book. What do you got, Danny? Uh, this week, starting today, is the L.A. Film Festival. So it goes through the 28th. So I'm going to try and see if uh, my wife Nicole and I can, can sneak away uh, and uh, catch uh, some of the, uh, the documentaries. I think there's one on Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, and I'm a big Tom Petty guy. So uh, I'm going to try and uh, sneak that one in. Nice. Nice. I like that. Mike? Jay, 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 why don't you go first? <laughs> I've got I've got so many I don't know I don't know where to go with it. What can you give me one? I've had zero time for reading or watching anything. This you week. liar! You've definitely. Oh, you know what your recommendation could be? A video game. 
Okay. Oh, yeah, that's true. There you go, buddy. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Spider-Man on PlayStation 4, that's my recommendation. That's been all of my available free time. <laughs> you know what's really interesting about video games is I think they still have the stigma that they're, like, for children. But I wouldn't have this phone in my hand if there weren't video games. I wouldn't yeah, have yeah, the sure. computer in front of me if there weren't video games. It really isn't the young man's game well, anymore. Well, I've been laughing with everyone. I think the Spider-Man game is the best Spider-Man movie that's come out. And those are, like, billion-dollar film franchises. You know yeah. what I mean? But, yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, what do you have? Well, I watched the Emmys on Monday, one of the 12 people who actually did. <laughs> I was like, oh, you're the one. Yeah, right. I was the one. Uh, and uh, and uh, they showed a lot of people from Westworld there. And I okay. think uh, one per- one Westworld actor actually got an award. Kenny Newton. And I realized while watching Twitter, while watching Emmys, that the people didn't watch Westworld season two specifically. I love season two. Go check that out, guys. <laughs> yeah, sure. Westworld season two is, as the kids are saying these days, pretty lit. So go check that I out. Like it. I, don't I, like think it. I don't think they're saying lit anymore. Uh, well, I, I am. <laughs> I'm saying lit, and I'm still checking for shows on HBO. My That's rec- how old I am. My recommendation is letting go of 2017 slang. Uh, Andy, thank you so much for but joining Mike, us on your you show. you have so much swag. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us on your show. Please be sure to subscribe, like JJ said. Leave us a review to help people find the show, and we'll see you again in a couple weeks. Take care, Long Beach.